the night on podcast them down tos rewatch the romulans cross the 38th parallel captain kirk executes a police action in the name of peace all right yeah that was the abbreviated intro hail metal nation we are back with more of the uh the star trek rewatch where we decide how metal all the uh the original series star trek episodes are well that that was a weird cut off on the thing (laughs) anyway um, not just metal but the quality of them too yeah well i mean yeah the how metal it is is our uh, value added (laughs) to the uh to your standard rewatch and that's why we're doing this better than everyone else yeah Mm mm-hmm all right. Much and better than everybody else. And we came up, we have a truly objective system that even lets you know what segments to watch if you so yeah. choose. Yeah. Yep. Hell and, uh, yes. I, I assume uh, at the end of this whole thing, we're going to publish a research paper or something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be able to determine which, uh, uh, not only which episodes are, are metal, but also. You know, which series are more metal than others? Um, it's really going to be quite an adventure when we're done. Yeah, um, and we're going to have to figure out how to split the movies into five yeah. acts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, ha- we have some time. Because we have to get through the whole animated series first. Oh, so God luckily. <laughs> And no, that's canon, man. The, the, we, We've already mentioned it, but some of the best Star Trek ever occurs on the animated series. Yeah, the um, Infinite Vulcan. Uh-huh. The one where uh, they meet Satan. Uh, they meet... It's not Satan. They meet a Kuklukan. They all go back in time. We meet Captain Robert April, and uh, we see baby Scotty. I mean, it's... it's all right, it's really... all right, all right, all right. But that's, so that's all future content. Yeah, that's future content. Let's uh, let's deal with present content. And as usual, I will be uh, uh, observing the episode as we go. All right, begin. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I, Matt, I'll just say I think this one's going to be interesting because we might go high on quality, low on metal, but we'll see. Ooh, I don't, I don't know. That's um, that's a good question. So we begin with the most metal thing you can do. And that's get married. Um, so, <laughs> so we open we open in the chapel. Uh, now I know what you're thinking. Not Nurse Christine Chapel, but the but the Jesus Christ Chapel. No, as, no, no. Uh, no. I, I don't know, Doug, because there's a pretty apparent cross behind Captain Kirk's shoulder. I'm looking. Uh, we also see Rand randomly lighting that humanist tree. Okay, that's true. All right, so she's yeah, she is she is lighting like a it's like a, a topsy turvy Hanukkah menorah uh, kind of device. Um, so she is lighting like the 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 tree, um, but there is also a cross. Pretty maybe some goon from CBS required them to to put the uh, or NBC at this point. Some goon from NBC maybe put them put that up there. Um, but you're right. Okay, it's a non-denominational chapel, certainly. I see and we the have thing our... you're talking about. Yeah, it's we have like, our. It's like, oh, what the fuck! All right, <laughs> it's kind of like. Uh, I mean, the most it's, shocking it's like thing drawn in the, in on the, the wall. It's part. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like appears to be some of the wall design. Well, so Rand's hairdo 
looks like a basket weave. <laughs> so, and then the way or, or like a catch, ends. A, a baseball mitt. You know, the webbing of a baseball mitt. That's yeah. what I said, what the yeah. fuck, too. All right. And, and how Rand, like, stands, like, like three inches from Kirk or leans yeah. through. But the most shocking thing about the first 30 seconds is we see Scotty doing something. <laughs> yeah, Scotty shows up. We haven't seen Scotty. I can't even remember the last time I saw Scotty. Uh, but he's isn't he walking uh, uh, Ensign What's-Her-Name down the aisle? He does. It, it opens with him adjusting a camera on the wall, That's in which right. case That's right. he announces uh, uh, at which point that the wedding will be on all screens. That's so, right. There's no escaping this wedding. But then he walks the... Yeah, then he walks uh, uh, whatever her name is, very important character, down the aisle. Um, so, so you know, two of our, our, our beloved base friends, Angela Martin and Robert Tomlinson, who we know from all those wacky uh, previous 13 episodes, they're finally getting hitched. Um, and so they walk down the aisle. Uh, uh, Scotty uh, gives uh, Angela Martin away. Um, Kirk begins a uh, speech that um, says something like, from the days of the oldest sailing ships... And the only reason I know that is because Captain Picard in Data's Day gives the exact same damn speech, um, which is like an example of early fan service, I suppose. Um, but, you know, luckily or unluckily, uh, we don't have to dwell on this wedding for long because, you know what happens? There's a goddamn red alert. Oh, red alert. Earth Outpost 4. Earth Outpost well, 4. And there was already some some foreshadowing because Kirk, uh, he's not going to cancel this wedding for anything, but he's yeah. on top of the the Earth Outpost situation and, and gets an update in the middle of the ceremony. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do get a quick um, like update, and he says, "Ah, we'll keep we'll keep going." And the the. the the cross reflection on the wall aside, I will argue this is one of the one of the few th things that people credit Star Trek for that it actually never compromised on in the Roddenberry era was sort of its uncompromising atheism or humanist perspective on things. So there's no mention of God. There's only in accordance to our laws and many beliefs. That he does say that. That's true. That's true. All right. Yeah. yeah then read a word, and then it? yeah, that's it. An intense shot of running in the hallway. I I I believe I'll start. I'm going to give this a quality score of one because I don't know these people. I don't care who they are. I don't know what this outpost is, and I don't care that it's in danger. Who cares? You're going to care soon. Well, I don't right. care now. One. Okay, okay, sure. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm uh, also going to give it a metal score of negative one. Negative one? Absolutely wow. nothing metal. I don't care. Wow. There was destruction somewhere, and we didn't even get to see it. Okay, that's true. We, yeah, there's lots, of, there's lots of implied destruction in this episode. Actually, uh, uh, raise raise that negative one to a 0 0.1. 0 0.1. All right. Okay. 
I don't think uh, I was being objective when I gave it the negative one, so I had I corrected myself. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, it was very emotional of you. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry, I said all this outside the room. There we go. All right. We're oh fuck! Check. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> to confuse everyone. We're in the decision chamber. Everything People I said outside applies inside. People could have heard us. They they could be confused. Well, I don't okay. I don't care who knows that I don't care about anything that's happened so far. All right. Nice. Um that's that, that's I'm going to give one medal point for your medalness, Tim. Um <laughs> because it made you do a lot of metal stuff. Uh I'm going to give it a second medal point. Um, because monogamy is metal. Is um, it? you're basically, yeah, it's totally metal, man. You're like, you and me, you know, that's, that's pretty metal. And then the guy says, <laughs> I think, okay. I think Manowar would disagree with you. Well, I mean, how metal is Manowar really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that's uh, a fair question, but that's like a hey, third rail. Hey, that could be a mini series. Is the question how metal is? Is Manowar or is the question how metal was Manowar? Which are two different questions. Well, I think I think actually oh. I think that would be a great episode. We'll get we'll get Mike in here and a Dave and we can answer the question how how metal is was Manowar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh uh, uh religion can be metal, but I don't think it's pretty metal at this point. Um what about the absence of religion. But no, there there very clearly is religion. Um, uh, dancing around the obvious is kind of metal, uh, but that's <laughs> only worth like a point two. Um, what is really metal is creating misinformation, and I believe everyone um, thinks because of this Star Trek episode that ship captains can marry people, and they cannot. In fact, uh, I just pulled up here. According to the U.S. Navy regulations, they're instructed not to marry people. Uh, does so, that I mean, mean that? Does that mean they can but aren't allowed to? It says. It says according to Navy regulations, the commanding officer shall not perform a marriage ceremony on board his ship or aircraft. Well, that sounds uh, probably also, in response to this episode. Again, it sounds to yeah. me like he can, but the Navy won't let him. You, you know uh, what I mean? Like it, if he it did seems- it, if it sounds like to me, like if he did it, it would count. Well, he or she, say- he or she. Sorry. If marriages captain- at sea marriages at sea or on dry land cannot be performed by virtue of a maritime license alone and no state has enacted a statute explicitly authorizing ships captains to officiate marriages wait so it's an so act they- of transgression against the state yeah so that's metal that's a that's a whole nother one point one. So wait, so they can do it, but it won't count. That's what uh, I'm. I mean, anyone that. anyone can do a marriage, but, but you want a marriage? Count. Yeah, I mean, I could marry you and Doug right now. There's nothing stopping me. Amen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first thing brides.com says is a ship's captain does not. Yeah. Um, and, and but I, what about that documentary, The Office? Are you telling me Jim and Pam lived, uh, hold, hold uh, lived in sin? 
I think all so. they need in order for a captain to be able to perform a marriage at sea, they he must oh, yeah. also be a judge, a justice of the peace, a minister, or officially recognized efficient uh, efficient such as a notary public. Okay, so but yeah, Kirk's, but Kirk's... being he's a notary okay. or a minister. We know he's a justice of the peace. But but let me let me read you Captain Kirk's speech. Since the days of the first wooden vessels, all shipmasters have had one happy privilege, that of uniting two people in the bonds of matrimony. So this is an outright lie. And even if it's true in the 23rd century, it's not true that it was true from the time of the first wooden sailing vessels to now, because we're in between those times and we can't. So either way, Kirk is lying. Perhaps is- ship's master has a specific meaning applied retroactively. I, I, I mean, maybe now it could be. It could be Doug that in the post-atomic horror, all metal was outlawed, and so then they they did have wooden sailing vessels then. Um, <laughs> But since the Phoenix was metal, I doubt that. Anyway. Okay, okay let's a, move it, on. <laughs> We're two, it's a, two minutes into the episode. It's a 3.3 metal score and a two quality score from me. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm actually going to go five and five. Wow. Is uh, Interesting, given how objective this is. Our differing viewpoints on the wedding, which seems very uh, 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 post deity to me. Mm. Well, that's uh, I mean that's why we average scores, Doug, and gutsy in '66. Uh, not much happens, but we don't. I mean, it's a novel situation i i do accept kirk's rationale uh controversial position with this crowd but uh um i I find it plausible uh and uh quality uh, i mean not much yeah you know we've never seen this before i don't think we really see it again not necessarily not in the original series and What's going on with the outposts? Yeah, there's a, there's a a hook. All right, five 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 metal four quality, five and we'll move on. Okay, great. Let's get out of this. Ah, thank you. Way ahead of you. That was Whew. the first one out of there. Out of the chamber. Man, we sure did talk about weddings a lot. All right, and okay, so the Kirk, he seems a little confused in his his log entry here because he speaks of them patrolling the neutral zone between Romulus and Remus and the rest of the galaxy. Okay, it makes sense. Uh, and they're, they're going to do an emergency call at Outpost 4. Um, then we learn that... Uh, Outpost 4 is under attack. Um, Kirk orders to maximum speed. No, Sulu actually just says 
we're at maximum speed. Yeah, it doesn't sure doesn't look like maximum speed. <laughs> it looks like a a slow cruise. And then uh, Scotty commits to doing his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Styles, who's a very confused character throughout this episode, states there can. There can't be much doubt as to who's attacking, sir. This is one of the things he says that's probably actually correct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Styles is right throughout this entire episode, uh, except for well, mostly right. Um, but but he he has this whole. Uh, he, we'll just go out and say it. He's an anti-Romulite. Um, he 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 for various reasons uh knows that the planets Romulus and Remus are are trouble. Um and and he knows what's going on. Yeah, and, and yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more in in future acts, but it's yeah. like he his whole life seems to be about revenge, but it, it's like those people who subconsciously work against themselves because mm-hmm. that that big goal they don't, at some level, want to obtain. And, and we see that in Styles at several points. Um, so, yeah, then uh, Kirk has Spock do a, an expo- exposition dump on the entire crew. I'm slogging through that as, we, as you speak. <laughs> uh, and we weren't about the Earth War uh, with the Romulan Empire. Weirdly, when 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 Spock pulls up the map, the name of the two planets are Romulus and Romai, rather than Romulus and Remus, um, which I just thought was weird. Oh, did you watch the remaster or the original? I watched the remaster, and it still had Romai. I didn't notice that. Yeah, but they they probably the graphics people yeah didn't get the script. I think they kept it because it's such an iconic. Image with all the little teeny tiny triangle bases. Yeah. New, yeah. There's, uh, I mean, there's a there's a guy who looks like a sitcom dad. <laughs> also, like watching on one of the monitors when uh, Spock is narrating this goddamn novel. Yeah, I think that's Styles. Um, I you know I I you know I don't want to question 23rd century tactics as a 21st century person um but it seems to me like you can only do that if you're a medical doctor as we learn later oh yeah as we learn in this <laughs> but it seems to me like putting all your outposts in a straight line in three-dimensional space is probably not the best way uh to secure uh, a space border <laughs> yeah personally so we we learned that this uh this war in our weird. histories uh was fought with primitive atomic weapons and primitive space vessels uh, that allowed no quarter and no captives, and there wasn't even ship-to-ship visual communication. Very important. Uh, Therefore, Earth and its allies have no idea what the Romulans look like, and vice versa. Uh, And then uh, Kirk reiterates that his uh, orders are precise and in 
viable uh, that they cannot provocate uh, unless they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also weirdly says that the whole the Enterprise and all the bases are expendable, which which seems weird. Yeah. Well, and then and the episode proves Kirk correct here, but he starts by saying that everyone on the ship has to watch every action as if one individual on a starship could provocate a war. Yeah. I think we see two instances in which yes, apparently that can happen. Yeah, yeah, actually, yes. Uh, so, um, we, we, we check in with... Uh, phaser control for a little bit uh, where our two lovebirds are um, they're hanging out there they're just kind of like uh, sarcastic um, he drops the he's her superior officer and I, yeah yeah that made me uncomfortable <laughs> well it's yeah. the 23rd century they figured all this out well and I think this is the first time we see uh uh phaser control fully stood up and the yeah. 50 people it takes to staff which does explain why it was so difficult in Star Trek 3 for Scotty to automate it all. Yeah, I mean it looks like it requires a lot of people and and we'll get to it when we fire the phasers but I have a lot of phaser related questions. Um but we'll leave that we'll leave that for later. Um, so, so shit's going down. They lost contact with Outpost 2. Um, now something is wrong with Outpost 4. Uh, they get a call. Uh, there's a Commander Hansen who's in charge of, uh, Outpost 4, and, and, uh, it's not good. It's not good at all. They're able to get him on screen, um... And he says the outposts two, three, and eight are gone. They don't know how they're destroyed, but they were completely destroyed, even with their shields at maximum. Um, they can't see. They they've only got a glimpse of the ship. Um, there's lots of um, sort of unknown energies, unknown vessels. Um, it's a very very sort of tense. Uh, they get him on the viewer, and he's just in this horrible, uh, fiery, uh, his shit's all wrecked up kind of situation. Um, lots of dialogue. <laughs> uh, we learned an awful lot about view screen technology in this episode. Yeah. And, we, and I'm really confused how view screen technology works, because uh, it seems that you can turn on view screens and view people even when... You don't, they don't know you're watching them, which is something we saw in the Corbamite maneuver as well. Like, it's it's very much like turning on a window. What? Oh, shit. What happened? What happened? Nothing. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, what's gonna happen? Go ahead. So, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. We learned that uh, uh, we goes. can see the outpost view screen on the Enterprises, and we see it destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So, so the vessel comes back. Hansen says, uh, it's here. They fired again. And we see, the, the unfortunately, uh, the death of, of old, old com- Commander Hansen. 
as this energy beam uh, destroys Outpost 4 as well. And then Kirk gets his first inkling of how Romulan technology works. Yeah. And within about 15 minutes, they'll have figured it all out. Entirely, but not yet. So um, now they're confused because they, they just see a blip on the motion sensors, um, not a ship. And they're very confused. How can this be? Spock says that you could theoretically render a ship invisible, um, but it's really uh, uh, power costly to do it. Um, and uh, we begin with... I really don't understand this because it seems like the whole episode takes place five minutes away from the neutral zone, and yet both the Romulan ship and the Enterprise are just dancing on the edge of the neutral zone, um, and they just they just start following the blip. Um, and even though they're really sure that the blip is an enemy ship, Kirk just says, "All right, cancel battle stations." And just put everyone on standby. So we're going to follow this blip around. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kirk is... Uh, you can see why he's so highly regarded by the Federation in this episode. He's at his best in a lot of it. But his crew resource management and some basic yeah. command decisions are still pretty questionable. I mean, I think this goes back earlier. We pointed out the vacancy uh, of the of the personnel director. And I think we're seeing this... Again, yeah. Um, um, uh, Styles says a bunch of racist shit against Romulans, which um, Sulu is forced to agree with, unfortunately. For no reason, Styles concludes that there must be Romulan spies on the ship, and I don't understand how. I mean, we've already seen that they have an incredible, unstoppable weapon, right? The only thing we know about them is that they're invisible and they have a mega weapon that can that can eat through shields and destroy entire outposts outposts in two shots. So what if that leads you to conclude that there need spies on board? Right. And it, it seems the only communication Earth and its allies have ever had was an armistice via subspace radio. And, and and if we want to get into some intrigue in Enterprise, yes, uh, there are Romulan spies everywhere, but we don't know that right now. We don't even know what Romulans look like, and it just seems strange that uh, I don't know when they could have picked up these spies, maybe when they were like at that planet where they watched the play, um, but it just seems illogical. Anyway, Kirk says, yeah, let's... let's do a security alert. And they do. And, uh... Uh... uh this is a really long Wait, act. Um, okay, so they... they oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> I know where Tim is. Okay, so they pick up... Ahura picks up a, a signal coming from the ship. The, the enemy ship. And, uh... They start recording it, and through that signal, Spock says he's able to view inside the Romulan ship. And this is going to be the first time Federation people have ever seen Romulans. And so, again, somehow he turns on the viewer, or whatever he does, 
And we see them. Wow. And, wow. and what do they look like? Vulcans. Vulcans. Less <laughs> like space Romans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like space Roman Vulcans. And that's that's the end of Act One. And then and then you look at Spock and he looks like he's outed. Yeah. Although uh, Spock I yeah. was waiting for Spock to say fascinating, but he didn't. And yeah. and they like zoom in on him. I was like, say it, say it, and then it's commercial. I'm like, ah oh, shit. And there's like four shots of just people looking at yeah, glancing. Like, hmm? All with zooms. <laughs> Alright, so end act. Oh. All right, take us to the decision chamber. There we go. Okay, I'll start, I guess, again. Um, I was all prepared to give this uh, ones again because of all, all the talking and then all the nothing and then all the nothing and then all the destruction that happens off camera. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but then finally we get to see uh, the 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 ship killed the base and and uh and then we then there's more talking <laughs> so uh i i'm not gonna give it a one i will give it a three for quality okay and, and uh i don't know lengthy expositions kind of metal <laughs> so i'll give it a four for the for the metalness i mean backstory is very metal so Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, I kind of agree with you. It's it's a four of metal. I like I like the reveal, the tension-creating reveal. Uh, I do like the backstory. Uh, I do like the metalness of the all, of the, the broken-up, fucked-up star base. That looks kind of cool. And there's lots of, like, twisted metal around him, so that's worth something. Uh, Quality-wise... I'm a little torn here because I want to give it a higher score because it sets up the rest of the episode. Uh, but I agree. It's a three. Uh, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of necessary movement. There's not a lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Styles character's existential confusion is pretty metal. Uh, and his just asserting things that would seem to have no factual possibility. I, I do want to say the Styles character's animosity towards the Romulans is weird. Like, I know, I, I think this is the scene where he, uh, in the beginning, he talks about how the Styles is fought in that war. And and Kirk says that was their war, not yours, Styles. But I just did some math. Like the the distance we're talking about is the distance between now and World War One. And I can imagine you like taking note that your that your grandparents fought in World War One or your great grandparents. But it just seems odd to hold that much animosity for a conflict that's been so long in the past. Especially this radically more civilized time. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yes. Doug sounding like a Prussian spy to me. <laughs> Fucking Hohenzollerns. Yeah. So How many Ottomans do you know? Like 21st century. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to get a quality score of four. Okay. I, uh, yeah, it, it does a really good job at setting up what is to come, but we have to score it on the basis of the act. And exactly. It only warrants a four. Metal, um, yeah, I mean, the there's less bluster and uneven command decisions than usual. The usual things that make bridge uh, scenes metal don't play out here because people act responsibly generally. Although you have this bigot who is saying contradictory things and you yeah. don't do anything about it. That's pretty metal. The bigotry is odd. But metal, you're right, yeah. And it's Kirk seeing all this and then doing nothing. When we know he has a bunch of people on call. Like, it's also weird. I would expect, you know, Hansen mentions that the weapons crew is dead, but I imagine there's more than four people on outpost four and yet they don't really treat it like a big loss you know another at least four outposts have been destroyed and it's just kind of like yeah that'll happen sometimes it's like a, a third of the outposts are gone but kirk doesn't seem to take it like that big of a deal yeah that's true a, a lot of yeah okay that's, that's fairly metal self-centeredness And oblivious to it, obliviousness to it. So we'll go with the metal score of six. Wow. All right. Okay, let's leave the chamber. Press play. We'll do. All right, go. <laughs> go. All right, so there, where are we? There's just some racism. Okay, so yeah. so There's no bigotry on this bridge. Yeah, well, so Ahura, Ahura um, is recording the signal and she's trying to decode it. Um, and and she says, "I just I just can't figure it out." And racist old Mister Styles says, "Why don't you give it to Spock to figure out?" Ooh. And it's like, oh. oh. And uh, and uh, and and Kirk again says something not entirely helpful. He says something like, "You keep your bigotry in your quarters, but it doesn't belong on the bridge," or something like that. Um, and, and then, meanwhile, Styles is saying this coming from a bad place, but he's actually correct again, is he not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is because actually. You should give it to Spock. He's the one. Uh, I presume if anyone knows a language somewhat close to Romulan, it's Vulcan. Um, you know, they're 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 different languages. I don't know if they're mutually intelligible, but at least he's closer. Um, he's also <laughs> the smartest person there, um, which we've established well, on many times. Uhura so why isn't Spock? Uhura made a tape for him. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, oh yeah, she recorded, so she made him a, a, a tape. Which on a is big an orange block. square. <laughs> uh, the other thing, so just the whole... Um, I've, I've been watching the latest <laughs> series of Discovery, uh, and it just bothers me because this is the first time we've ever discovered what um, Romulans look like, at least from the point of view of the Federation. And yes, I know there was all the subterfuge during Enterprise, but we didn't see them for real. Um, at That's least not ones weird. pretending to be to be Vulcans. Um, but why doesn't Michael Brennan learn in the 32nd century or wherever she is that Vulcans and Romans are the same? And why isn't she like, holy shit, what? Um, it's just a very lost opportunity. Uh, but that's that's for another time. That's for 2058 uh, when we get to Discovery. Uh, but okay, so there's a bunch of like back and forth, uh, and now we have the cat and mouse um, game with the Romulan vessel. And the, right. the vessel we, we has a bird the... painted on the bottom of it. Yeah, that's well, how you know it's a Romulan. And this is when we zoom in and meet the Romulans and experience their office politics firsthand. Mm -hmm. uh, and we learn that the captain is either enlightened or suicidal. Mm -hmm. um, we, we learn all about the Praetor, uh, who is apparently the leader of, of the Romulans, or at least the Romulan military. Uh, we learn that this ship is the Praetor's flagship. Uh, we meet a helmeted guy named Decius. Uh, for whom a warbird will later be named, presumably, um, in a fantasy Will Riker has uh, while he's uh, captured by a young alien boy with a with a holodeck. Um, why does uh, why does why why do the Romulans uh, ditch the helmets in the future? I don't know. And why are they wearing I mean, helmets to begin with? Well, I mean it's. It, it, Danger Space. and I are old companions. Yeah, yeah. You just answered your own question. All right. Yeah, and, and I like how Decius has a name, but the XO is just yeah. referred to as Commander. I, a bigger I him, part. I call him Blondie. Um, yeah, he, he's and that guy's like a classic '60s actor. And I can see him like smoking his his uh, cools and wondering why the hell his these stupid ears getting put on. Um, but you know, a paycheck's a paycheck. Um, so yeah, it was all kinds of stuff. Like they they start um, they notice the Enterprise is following them. Um, they for some reason keep acting like they're in a submarine. Uh, they talk about radio silence. Um, for some reason, they're all Roman-influenced, and I don't understand where that comes from. Um, I guess because Romulan kind of sounds like Roman. Um, I don't know. But Discovery has awkwardly explained that by now. Not yet, not yet, Doug. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Maybe Strange New Worlds will. Um, uh, but nothing yet. So, uh... uh Decius, so Decius again, who's kind of the dick. Uh, he, he's in a way the friendly antagonist. He's sort of like the Styles character on the Roman, or sorry, on the Romulan ship. Um, 
And I don't quite get it because he's like friends with the Supreme Military Commander, uh, but he's clearly a junior officer. He's only wearing blue instead of the Imperial purple. Um, There's just a lot of unanswered questions that I I fear aren't answered by this episode. Yeah, and they do set up some very purposeful mirroring of roles on the two ships. Yeah. And it pays off, but not as well as it could. Yeah. Who plays the bigot on the other ship? I think it's Wait, Decius, how did you get really. The... <laughs> um, I, I, so, I, I haven't been listening. They're, they're in the room where Spock somehow has a piece of the outpost. The, uh, the oh, cast, yeah. The cast Rodinium. We're about to get there. Yeah, we're getting there. So the Enterprise starts to shadow uh, the Romulan Warbird uh, into the neutral zone. And then uh, Scott has somehow get, uh, does something and gets aboard the debris. I guess they beamed it up. And then Kirk calls his command staff, uh, uh, unusual choices as usual, to the briefing room. Uh, and then Spock makes a big show with the cast rhodidium, the str- hardest substance known to human science. Yep. Federation science. And it just crushes. And uh, the lab has already theorized that in an eloping energy plasma forces an implosion. Uh, Whatever that means. Then Spock states that obviously their weaponry is superior to ours and they have practical invisibility. Then McCoy, who for some reason is here, goes, is like, you're discussing tactics. Do you realize what this really comes down to? Millions of lives. So they stop talking about tactics because the ship's surgeon doesn't like the implications. Yeah. Again, I think you should be talking about tactics to prevent that millions of lives being lost, doctor. But anyway. That's why they need the personnel director and give Kirk some guidance on who should be in the room for these kind of things. And and so they they kind of discuss what should they do. Uh, Styles, of course, wants to attack. He's like, there's only one thing to do, and that's attack. And then... uh, But he's kind of, he also makes statements like, well, somehow Scotty just offers his off-the-cuff take that they only have impulse engines. There's no way he actually could know that. Right. Which they just accept. Right. They're like, okay. He's the engineer. Uh, Yeah. And then uh, Diles is like, well, we could retreat. <laughs> and it's not said like he doesn't want to do that. Right. But he's he's a dick. Like Styles is just a dick. He's like, yeah, I'll help us run away, pussies. Um uh and and he he really wants to attack. Um and Styles is like, they're on our side of the neutral zone. They broke the treaty. Um and everyone else is sort of uh perplexed. How can you shoot it? How can you shoot at a target you can't see? Um, and uh, he goes off on this sort of 
uh, anti-Romulan screed. And uh, then also sort of racistly says, what do you think, Spock? These are your people. You're one of them. (laughs) Yeah. And Spock says, we should attack them because if they are like uh, related to my people, they're going to be savage and ruthless or something like this. Uh, And talks about, uh, this is our first glimpse, I think, of ancient Vulcan, maybe? That they were once a warlike, brutal people. I can't recall if we've... Maybe there was another mention of it before. But we get more of that here. McCoy does mention that because they don't drink is why they were all conquered. right, 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 right. That's... Might not be true. I guess we don't know that. He was sort of drunk when he said it. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. If if any if if you've watched Enterprise, you could argue the Vulcans conquered Earth, but uh, that's neither here nor there for now. Um, so Kirk is swayed uh, both by Spock and slightly by Styles' uh, racism, and they agree to go to battle stations. And they need to find, you know, this is this is actually, you know, we always hear about Captain Kirk as a brilliant tactician, and now we actually get to see it. Um, and so, oh, we also learn, before that, we learn about um, uh, the speed of ch- communications. So it's going to be three hours until they get a reply from Starfleet Command. Um, and they discover that there's a comet in their way. And that's where they're going to make their stand. uh, Because it will render even the invisible cloaked Romulan warbird visible. Well, I think the episode does a good job of demonstrating that uh, uh, while sort of the... You could argue the possible outcomes are the same. Kirk and Stiles actually want completely different things. That's true. Uh, Kirk makes an enlightened but uncomfortable decision to execute a police action to keep the peace, while Styles it's just barbarism. Yeah, Styles is a warmonger. He wants a war. Both Kirk and the Romulan commander... Uh, are are warriors in the service of peace, uh, and they understand the need for military action, um, occasionally force in order to enforce a greater peace, um, and and they are our uh, they are the only thing that separates us from warmongers like uh, Styles and and Decius. Right. Uh, I, I mean, although Kirk is running this ship down, it is he is making these decisions from a defensive posture. Right. Yeah, and as we'll see, um, as we'll see very soon. Um, so he orders everyone to to battle stations, and we will soon be at the comet. So that's Act Two. <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right. Uh, three and three. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Three and three. Uh, 
go much, ahead, Doug. Too too much talking. <laughs> I, uh, I I you know I think Kirk's inability to manage his crew to get the information he needs, and then still come up with the right decision that reflects on him as the character of Kirk and is fairly metal. <laughs> and the distinction between Kirk's position and Styles's position is very important. And I think it comes across. But what's metal, though? Vengeance or tactical police action <laughs> to preserve uh, uh, non-combat status. Probably barbarism mm. and vengeance. Yeah. Probably more metal than just strategic counter-moving. I, I think Styles not understanding what he wants and just ranting and raving and then not being thrown out of the room. That's pretty metal. And then McCoy in a tactical meeting saying, we don't need tactics. <laughs> think about those six million people. And here we are talking about tactics. Scotty just blindingly asserting things on the basis of nothing. <laughs> well, you know they don't got nothing but impulse. Yeah. So How? All that, How all do you know that? All that's pretty metal. So I'm going to go with a six and uh uh, four uh, again. This uh, weird. Well, the si the system's gonna work, but these acts are all building up and don't yeah. pay off in in themselves always. I think that's a part of the brilliance of this scheme, right? Um. Uh. Let's see. Besides the other things we talked about, uh, there's actual metal. There's more appearance of real metal. Uh, the rhodinium. Um, now it's weakened metal imploded uh, by exposure to high energy plasma, but nonetheless a metal. Um, also, we have the issue of the aesthetic of the Romulan vessel. I feel like it's very metal. Um, you know, if there was, uh, you know, later Romulans will get more leathery straps involved in their uniform they get much metaler um but this is a pretty good metal basis so that's worth some points uh yeah, so and i, I want to the the roman imagery is so metal and so yeah. not utilized there's just like x do the that one band but the romans the roman empire is so much more metal than vikings yeah like yeah so much more metal we really should start a, a metal side project, you know, Romanum or something. SPQR? Well, that's fucking metal. Well, uh, the uh, Symphony X already did it. Now we'll, we'll do it better. We can do it better. Better than uh, Symphony we, X used to be. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. I mean, well, first of all... the Romulan Empire. If they were really Roman, they'd be Symphony 10. <laughs> 
so I'm going to give them a 5.5 metal score. Quality. It's slow. I think the having two bridges is cool, so I'll give it a five. Why not? Open the door. Oh, was that it? That's it. All right, go. Four or three. Um, we open on the comet. Kirk so, somehow knows the exact properties of this comet. Hey, that's a good-looking comet in the remaster. Yeah, did you see the remaster or did you see the um, uh, original graphics, Doug? I, I I think this one I've only watched the remaster. Okay, because I, I'm curious. Maybe I'll go back and see the original graphics. Um, it looks like, watching the remaster, they didn't touch a lot of the Bird of Prey um, it looked very much like the original model work, or maybe they've just cleaned up some edges. Um, it looked very faithful to the 1960s presentation, but then all of a sudden on the remastered, this photorealistic James Webb space telescope quality image of a comet is just on screen. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a big tonal shift right here. Uh, but it is a beautiful uh, comet. It's purple. Disclaimer, when this airs, we'll know if it, survived the launch <laughs> oh yeah well, i mean i mean it did most likely <laughs> um uh so we got that thing we also know if it was renamed um and uh <laughs> and uh so there's this comet gambit that i also don't entirely get because why would the bird of prey fly i i I, if it was a nebula, later on they'll solve this problem by having a nebula, something that you can't avoid. But it seems very easy for the bird of prey to nebula, fly yeah. up and around the comet, or just fly in front of it, or I don't know. It well, just seems. And the comet just seems to happen to be there. Yeah. And then Kirk knows the comet and all its properties and is able to guess exactly how the Romulans are going to play it. I mean, I imagine this is the neutral zone. It's probably a well-studied part of space. You know, and comets do have their periodicity. So maybe, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that there could be a comet that's, that's fairly predictable. But I still, again, kind of thinking three-dimensionally, I don't understand why anyone could be driven into the comet or choose to fly in a comet when your entire uh, sense, you know, your tactical superiority is entirely based on being invisible. So why fly through something that makes you visible? Oh! Um, but they shit. do. Um, and the uh, Romulan commander, though, figures it out. He knows um, what Kirk Whoa. is up to. They're they're very equal commanders, as you can hear. There's some some phaser fire. Um, phasers are apparently depth charges uh, in this episode. Um, they're not the sort of beam you're usually thinking of with phasers. Um, they just kind of like uh, they're set. Why to would proximity. you do that? Uh, apparently, getting hit with a piece of your own ship. Uh, and, and I gotta give uh, o Okuda credit for not 
coloring them red because yeah. they're obviously photon torpedoes. Yeah, these are very, very yet. obviously photon torpedoes. Uh, they have the photon torpedo sound. They have proximity detonation, whatever the hell that means. Oh no, it's um, it's probably just like when uh, when sea mines used to be called torpedoes. Okay, uh, damn but, the torpedoes! They, full speed ahead. But I feel like phaser means something. Like laser means something. I I think it's like a phased energy er or something like that. Um, so no, they this probably before they they invented phaser phasers. And then decided to rename. Well, uh, we already have something called phasers. Well, those are really phasers. Those are more like torpedoes. They're like photony. They're like they're like phase modulated particle beams. I mean, I can't. And we know they're phasers. We've oh, seen shit. them phased. Oh shit! So uh -oh. Kirk uh, underestimates the Romulan commander and their uh, uh, execution of escape maneuver one yep. is effective. Yep. Uh, so they can't That's find why the it's ship. number one. And uh, uh, he calls hard to starboard and then blindly fire everywhere, uh, which is successful. A successful yep. Kirkian gambit. So there's all kinds of debris and shit. Is this when the XO gets this covered but gets trampled by the debris? Or is that... Oh, yeah, because that's his Centurion, right? Um... So yeah, the Exo pushes him out of the way. All the debris falls on him. Um, so he's pretty much dead soon. Um, uh, again, well, the, I, and right before that, there's the Romulans attack and they outrun the plasma. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. So the Romulans fire their plasma thing, uh, and they're going full backwards, maximum warp. Um, and it makes me wonder how fast the plasma is going. Um, but they keep going backwards, and they learn that there's a, a finite range. Um, yeah, I guess it to, dissipates too much if you're too yeah. far. Yeah, so, so they escape, and then they go back, and that's why they're firing blindly, right? In answer to that attack. Um, and but, then... Rand does something, but she's always after Kirk. Uh, and in the middle of this battle, comes up to ask if she should continue to do log entries. And I know Kirk's what kind like, of log entry she yeah. wants to do. Oh! And, and then, th then she starts touching him in a manner not appropriate on the bridge yeah when she thought they were times. all about to die she clings to him yeah um uh, also we we learned that firing the phasers too much causes them all to burn out <laughs> um which seems like a, a fatal design error and in um, the in in the circuitry in the bridge as well <laughs> no well, yeah, part of the phaser the thing <laughs> Part of the oh. phase. Well, well, don't, don't. You'll find out. Don't worry. Don't, don't. Uh, well, how is you know that? There's that great shot where Scott, uh, no, Spock pulls a power move on Styles. Yeah, and just comes like three inches above I him. Just for I just got there. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He gets he gets right up on him, and then walks away. <laughs>
the the Romulan captain said uh, that the other commit, you know, Kirk is not one to make the same mistake twice or something like that. How's he gonna know that? Well, because he he knows this cap by fighting him, he knows him. Uh, he's thinking what he would do. They're very they're of a kind, the two of them. Yeah. Um, and Kirk knows he'll have success in more blind attacks, uh, and does. Yep. Um, and so they, um, so the so the Romulan commander is hatching a plan. Um, nice. And uh, he's gonna like put a bunch of um, debris in the tubes, including the body of his dead friend, uh, who P.S. just died. Um, and I guess his plan again. This seems much more like a submarine plan. Um, but they're gonna shoot all the all the debris and garbage outside of the. Um, tubes and that's going to make the enterprise think that they were destroyed um and that uh, once they get oh, so they get the phasers fixed first i guess and then they fire again um and that's when they launch all the garbage in the tubes um hoping to trick the enterprise into thinking they were destroyed yeah then they're about to enter the neutral zone, and there's a decision point here. Um, again, Styles seems cross purposes to himself a bit, uh, but Kirk stands by his conviction that what they are doing is an appropriate police action uh, to mitigate the chance of an escalation in hostilities with the Romulan Empire. And sticks to this uncomfortable but appropriate plan. Mm-hmm. And then cue act, cue the decision room. Yeah, that's it. We actually beat the the TV. They they just threw the guys uh, the TV the episode. <laughs> they just threw the guy's body into the uh, into the thing. Debris oh, also, scattering, we, sir. Oh, also, we should mention that they uh, <laughs> they rigged the Enterprise for a silent running, whatever that means. <laughs> all that sound gets out into space. Yeah, you know, well, that that vacuum keeps transmitting sound. Oh, well, Spock's too smart for it. it, it I think we'll see that the, it's <laughs> the the terminology changes over time. Yeah. They've just kept simpler terms as science okay. has advanced. Okay. All right. It's, that it's makes through sense. loss of data or uh, signal, radio. Anyway, uh, so pretty good act. Yeah. I'm going to agree. Lots with of you, action. Believe it or not. Lots of action, lots of uh, uh, debris. <laughs> uh, most of that debris was metal, and it, it was his, his friend. Um, uh, depth charges, uh, periscopes, sonar, uh, it's all really good. Uh, yeah, the, 
Very, yeah, and the, that plasma chase is, is well executed. Yeah, there was lots of tension there. I mean, I don't think we portrayed it well, but it's very tense. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I can throw down some numbers. Okay. I'm happy to. Uh, okay. For uh, quality score, I, for, I forget what order I usually do. For quality score, I'm going to go with a nine. That wow. was good. I I enjoy it was tense. People died. They shoved them out into space. You know, uh yeah. This is very good. Um metal scores is pretty metal as well. I'll give it an eight point eight 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 eight. Eight 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 four eights. Okay. Uh yeah, I agree with you. Quality score is a nine. Uh I'm gonna give it an extra point. Two, 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 two metal points, um, just because of Rand's concern about paperwork during a battle, um, which you know, that's hey, fucking metal. Hey, when you have a hammer, it, everything looks like a nail. Exactly, and you know, you know they're they're using all their phasers and stuff, but no one's using that space clipboard. So we got to keep <laughs> the log entries going. So that's two nines for me. Well, and I think it's a little amb- because I think she was looking for something else. Yes, uh, she was. But even just in the middle of combat is also irresponsible and metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I- I'm going to go to nine and nine. Wow. Okay. Whew. Wow. All right. Last All right. act. What could happen? So we open with the Enterprise in silent running. You know, because of that ship. <laughs> well, they lost contact with the, uh, with the Romulan vessel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are we running silent? Sure too? did. <laughs> yeah, because they are silent as well. Um, and... We get they, like one bridge scene, but then they we get cut. Yeah, to there's Kirk like a weird quarters. It's just like kind of like a station, like a. I think we get two quick. I think we get a bridge scene and then a quick Romulan scene, and they're both sort of trying to convey waiting and. They're both waiting for their play, right? Um, so it's like the tension. Someone has to make a move. Uh, both crews are tense. Um, we get a little uh, foreshadowing because Spock says he has to fix something because uh, the transfer coil is giving out again. Um, and then we're in, Sp- in Kirk's quarters. And it's, and it's nine hours, 47 minutes later, and... Kirk starts to have a crisis of confidence. Yeah. Uh, and Rand uh, is instructed to get him coffee uh, to take to the bridge when he yeah. gets back there. Apparently, anyone can wander into the captain's quarters whenever they damn well feel like it. The ship's well, I mean, surgeon. Yeah, it's in the it's in the book. If you uh, if you have the power to marry people, then you gotta you know with great responsibility. <laughs> Comes great, great, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, and we learn that while Kirk loves 
sailing, and it's a little different than captaining a starship, uh, he doesn't like the burden of deck tennis or dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, frantic dancing at that. Um, and then McCoy delivers an amazing, factually incorrect, folksy platitude on individuality. <laughs> fact i think it needs to be read into the record i think it should be i think it should be seldom i say something to a customer jim in this galaxy there's a mathematical probability of three million earth type planets and in all the universe three million million galaxies like this and in all of that perhaps more only one of each of us don't destroy the one named kirk how many multiple Kirks have we met already? Yeah. yeah, we've at least met five Kirks. There's a robot one. There's a transporter created one. Uh, there's our buddy George Kirk, who's also yeah. named Kirk for the record. Uh, I think we know about at least three Earths. Yeah, yeah, like exact copies of Earth. Not just Earth-like things. Um so that's weird. Um, and, and why is he concerned? Uh, and it's like, this can only be about Kirk losing himself mentally, because obviously the, the consequences of the decision here go beyond Kirk. Kirk yeah. has already established six million lives are at stake. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a weird thing to say. Um, one character from McCoy. Yeah, it's 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 strange, but luckily we don't have to dwell on that for very long because Spock is about to fuck up Royal. He sure does. Um, so we switch to the bridge. Yeah, I looks, still don't. Looks understand. to me like it's gonna work out. <laughs> he sw- We switch to the bridge. Spock is working on the the little panel under <laughs> underneath his desk. I guess is what you could call it. Um, something happens. Um, and he, uh, he finishes work, I guess, and he goes to, like, pull himself up, and in doing so, he just, like, clumsily smashes some buttons, and it's like, boop, boop! <laughs> and st- well, it's, it's clever, because while it's loud, we know that it's actually transmitting radio yeah. signal, and yeah. that's what the Romulans detect. Yeah. So, so... Styles has like this what an asshole you fucking killed us look on his face. And all Kirk can say is like, it's alright. <laughs> it's alright. Meanwhile, on the Romulan ship, they're like, holy shit, we got him! And, uh, we have to spring into action again. If only Spock had done that nine hours and 47 minutes ago. And Kirk knows that they're, they're going to slip Wait. under the Enterprise, which what? I yeah. don't... Well, we don't know how Space War is going to yeah. work. There may yeah. be a rationale to that. Uh, and Kirk is a master at this and is proven correct. I mean, it's him and and Garth of Algar, whatever his name was. <laughs> I'd like to get by now. <laughs> um... And so, uh, so more depth charge fire. Um, they hit the ship. Um, the Romulan commander refers to 
Kirk is a sorcerer for some reason. Uh, and again, the the Romulans seem really for such a warlike people, and they mentioned earlier that the commander and the Centurion have been in hundreds of campaigns, which I imagine must be many hundreds, if not thousands, of battles. Um, they seem to be really surprised how well just firing in all directions can hit something. And they're like, <laughs> how, can, how can he keep hitting us? They're only firing in every direction. <laughs> And 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 so so the commander is really shaken up. It's like he reads the thoughts in my brain. Yeah, and he's like, like he's, he's like leaning on the the wall, going like. Well, I think he's quasi suicidal. Yeah, I, he he seems. Again, I don't know why you would choose this. This is kind of like a what I call the hunt for Red October error. It's like, why would you put a commander who you know to be problematic in charge of your mega weapon? And and yet they've... D- Is the Hunt for Red October just a soft remake of this episode? Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. A- anyway, uh, so so now, now the commander is desperate. Um, they have some of the old-style nuclear warheads. Um, and they're going to mine the debris, a very Romulan move, if I can evoke Mr. Styles for a moment there. Um, and so they throw the wreckage again. They, they have another proximity fuse, because everything has a proximity fuse in the future. And so they scatter the, the, the debris. Um, they... Uh, uh, a dis- discover Spock quickly discovers that there's a metal cased object, which is the warhead. Where are we uh, in nuke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they go hard, uh, hard over, and they fire the phasers. They explode the thing. Uh, this is one of our very first, like everyone gets thrown across a tilted bridge shot. Yes, and they all go in different directions yeah. as well, you do. You know. <laughs> We don't understand how momentum works because there's inertial dampeners and all kinds of things, right? So there's probably a scattering effect. Well, hang um, on, hang on. Let me uh, let me uh, give you an analysis here. All right, let's see. <laughs> all right, there's the thing. All right, Uhura goes to the port. The person opposite of her <laughs> falls towards starboard. Kirk falls towards the aft. Uh, the people in the chairs go in two different directions, <laughs> and then well, everything uh, goes yeah. black. I mean, the gravity system is probably failing at different yeah, points yeah, yeah. for every every person. Sure. <laughs> the I so I guess they improved it by the next generation when everyone fell in the same direction. Okay. Yeah. So- yeah. Forward march of progress. That's right. So, um, on the Romulan ship, they're really happy uh, that their ploy worked. Well, everyone um, but, but the captain. <laughs> no one's really smiling. Anyway, go ahead. So, so... Oh, shit! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... So, um... The commander wants to go back home to Romulus, but that Dick Decius uh, wants to finish the job. 
And he says, they're at our mercy, Commander. I remind you of our duty. Um, again, the, the Commander cares much more about the mission and, you know, proving a point, doing what they set out to do, which I still don't understand what that was exactly, except goading the Federation into a war. But for whatever reason, they've done what they came to do, and he just wants to t- bring his boys home. Well, um, don't, don't they say something about evidence or knowledge? It's very vague. But it, it's. I think they want to... I think they just wanted to demonstrate their power to the Federation. Um, perhaps... I, I, you know, I'm sure we could get into the memory beta here, but I think perhaps this is a show of power and then renegotiating um, with a, uh, reaching out by subspace radio and saying that's, uh, you know, that's a, a sample of what one of our ships can do. So yeah, we went, and I think you're right, Matt, to go to that depth because I think at one this there's a, the diplomacy and what their signaling angle, the kind of thing that MacArthur got wrong in Korea yeah. by being allowed yeah. to drift into the political realm exactly this they this is very clear and and certainly romulans right there is a very clear uh the military is in service of the of the continuing committee and the praetor uh and the consul and all of this and ultimately the emperor so so theirs is not to think too far theirs is to conduct their mission do their police actions, go no further than their mission parameters, and then return. And then the wider strategy can continue. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, so we cut back to the Enterprise. We learned about the casualties, 22 so far, mostly radiation burns. And I guess this is the military meeting of the term casualty, which is just knocked out of action right? Uh, rather than death. But yeah. apparently, it, it's only people who, it's only the twenty-five people we saw who worked the phaser bay, bays. Oh, that's uh, not good. Because only the forward bay, forward phaser room is up, and it's just Tomlinson manning it alone, like that guy in the Second World War. What was his name? The Sabaton wrote a song about him. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. Killed, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, Styles' first assignment was in weapons control, so he got... Audie Murphy? Yeah, Audie Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) He was in Star Trek. I mean, it's it's strange to me that Scotty knows all this and isn't going. He's like, yeah, there's just one guy, uh, in the, in the, in the phaser room. It's not like I run the whole goddamn engineering department. Just FYI. Yeah, this is happening, Captain. You better, you better fucking command your way out of this. It's not like it's an engineering department problem. This shipboard operations crap. Yeah, and then uh, Ahura takes over navigation. I forget right, because. Because Styles volunteers to go down and work the phasers, because that was his first job. It's Which important to be everyone's train. first jobs. Uh, it is important to cross train, and that's pretty. You know, cross training is metal. <laughs> and then uh, Scotty just goes back to what standing there, offering uh, commentary. 
even though Uhura is at the navigation console, she still has her ear thing in, I think. Um, so I guess she's doing two jobs, so maybe they need to cross-train Uhura's job. Yeah. Well, didn't we see, like, two or three episodes ago that kind of, like, got the weird-looking guy who was the... Oh, Simpson, yeah! And he also was wearing it at the yeah. console. For- it's probably in a show Nichols is like, no one's wearing my fucking ear thing but me. That's got to go in my goddamn ear. So they get power back. Uh, I, I guess Scotty would at least take credit for yeah. that. And uh, so they vacillate on what to do, whether they should pull back, uh, play dead, try and keep the Romulans on our side of the neutral zone, which it's a neutral zone. Yeah. There's no side... Okay. Well, right. This is this is a space neutral zone. Yeah. I've got to stop thinking in two dimensions. Yeah, maybe it's real thin. Twentieth real century long. paradigms. <laughs> it's just it's millimeters thick, but light years wide. There you go. So uh, then, why did it do that? What's going on? That's why they can depict it like that in the in the two D map. That's right. The neutral zone. We all know <laughs> it's this line. Um, Spock weirdly goes to check in on the phaser crews for some reason, and all the only reason um, is for Styles to be racist to him. So Spock literally again. I've never read this episode as Spock being a Vulc- uh, Romulan spy, but maybe he is? I, I caught that, too, because as soon as he leaves yeah. the room, the plasma coolant leak starts. Yeah, so Spock says, just checking in on you, and Stell says, I don't need your help, Vulcan. Spock leaves, and then immediately the room fills with toxic, purple, crazy knockout gas. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Batman episode. <laughs> And then, uh, right, like magic, Spock knows to go back. I guess they there's an announcement. Yeah, no. so Kirk is ordering to fire phasers. Um, they've both been, been knocked out by the purple crazy knockout gas. And I guess, again, why is Spock there? Why isn't he doing his job? What's he up to? He runs back, um, fires the phasers um, on command. There's more depth charges. And they damage leaning over and hitting a button on a Herman Miller action office desk. Looks like he he held it down and it fired a bunch of times. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's how that's how shipboard artillery works, you know. Um. So that happens, and uh, I we assume Spock pulls them out of the phaser control, but we don't see it. Um. And now we're back on the bridge. And maybe. Uh, and Kirk knows it's it must be done to complete this police action. So yeah. he goes in for the kill. But wait, but Doug, Bach conspicuously made himself not visible on the bridge mm. when the Romulan. Yeah, we're we're gonna start. All right, coming soon, Metal Nation. A, 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 a spinoff podcast, Styles Was Right. Yeah. It's the fans 
theory podcast yeah. you've been waiting for. I I don't think I'll be a part of that. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> neither will yeah. Dave. All right, I finished the episode. Hurry up. Okay, okay. <laughs> So, for some reason, they get the Romulan commander on the screen. Uh, they want to see each other eye to eye. Um, they they have grudging respect for each other. Um, Kirk says, I'll b- beam aboard your survivors. The Romulan commander says, this is not our way. Um, they, they, there's a, a very famous line. This is like every like cold warrior's wet dream kind of line. Uh, I regret that we met in this way. You and I are of a kind. In a different reality, I could have called you friend. And then he blows up his ship, and, and Kirk is disappointed and regretful, but Kirk also understands. And, and they, they, he is correct. This Romulan commander and Kirk are of a kind. Um, and, and he knows it as much as the Romulan knows it and this scene works as well here as it worked in run silent run deep yeah which it totally which it totally didn't rip off Mm -hmm. at all nope (laughs) uh so then uh yeah then the only person who dies is tom winson who's (laughs) going to get married And, uh, you know, Kirk is not happy. I mean, this is a necessary police action to prevent an escalation of a uh, uh, a non-conflict situation. Uh, so they did what needed to be done for the right reasons, mm-hmm. not the wrong ones. Uh, but he, his last duty is to console the grieving widow. Which I I don't really think he does all that well. <laughs> um, yeah, well he looks uh, distant, and then she hugs him, and he continues to look distant. <laughs> yep, and she says, "I'm all right." <laughs> He's thinking the Enterprise is okay. Yeah, <laughs> and and then they needed to pad this episode slightly, so there's a scene of him just walking in the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a long walkout. Um, but that's it. Let's get ourselves to the the atomic decision chamber. All right. I don't know why it's atomic. Uh, wow, lots happened in this. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go with um an eight for quality. Mm-hmm. It was very. Pretty good. It's um, it's just more of the same from the previous act, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it was pretty metal as well. So I'll give it a seven point seven seven seven. Seven point seven seven seven. Okay. Uh, I um, you know, I I. Quality score is a 9. 9.5. Um, the only .5 deduction is I thought the whole, like, it's kind of bullshit Tomlinson had to die. Um, I th- I think it would have been better if Styles died, knowing oh, he was that would have been more satisfying, yes. I, I feel like that's a better narrative. 
where Styles um, died knowing he was right. Right. Well, I mean, that's the truth, right? Even better. Um, I would have liked it better if the if the um, boy was, uh, you know, Tomlinson was disfigured somehow. Um, I think that would have a better narrative message of, of we live with our scars uh, and damage. And then that whole... You know they could be getting they could be getting ready for the wedding again, and Kirk could give his whole "it had to be done" speech. I think that would be much more effective. Um, metal score—it's pretty fucking metal. Um, this whole act is a sabaton song, basically. Um, in addition, they steal a bunch of stuff from a bunch of other people, which I sadly must admit is also pretty metal. Um, so that's a nine point nine nine metal score for me. Wow. Well, wow. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 9.5 and 9.5. I, I agree with uh, everything uh, uh, Matt expounded regarding the quality, uh, as well as the alternative ending interpretation that would have been uh, you know, ge- geopolitical situations, the impact on actual people was is abstract and it would have been tough to see them uh, uh, rewarding to see them have to negotiate that abstraction but know that they were on the right side yeah uh metal um this is a, a metal score based on people acting honorably and responsibly which is a little different than some of the other ones but nevertheless there's a lot of metal uh uh conduct here and violence and the fact that all their strategies uh, or tac- the, the tactics of both commanders essentially just shoot wildly and randomly yeah, which works so we learned some interesting things about space war yeah we, we do um, so to wrap it up um, when I watched this episode, especially at the end, uh, I thought this was a strong contender for our medalist episode. Uh, in fact, it is not. And in fact, um, it is only just barely more metal than the previous episode we watched, The Conscience of the King, uh, at a 70.75. Um, I, I Looking at our scores... The last two acts were the most metal acts we've ever yeah. scored. I think the slow um, build did it yeah. in. Yeah, it's those first. It's those first two acts. Uh, in fact, the 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 teaser um, is one of our lowest rated <laughs> things. That's not muds women. <laughs> um, so I mean, that's that's. Just to show you how objective um, this rating system is. Uh, just looking at some other things. Um, the... Well, and, and the viewer may say, yeah. uh, or listener, however you reach us, uh, but the slow build adds to the tension. That may or may not be true. I'm not going to take a position, but it is not metal. That's not metal. That's uh, not metal at all. Painkiller. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all guns blazing. Uh, Every track. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
And <laughs> as we'll see, there's some Star Trek episodes that we'll, we'll see if the gamesters of Triskillian lives up to the hype I give it every other episode. But I think yeah. that's all guns blazing. We'll see. I'm so excited for the gamesters of Triskillian. But I know what's not a metal episode, and that's what we'll be watching next. Doug's favorite Star Trek episode on the entire franchise, Shore Leave. So we'll see you on Shore next time. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Now, I like Return to Shore Leave even more. But we'll get to that, oh, whatever no, they call it. two of them. In the animated there's a, series. There's a goddamn Alice in Wonderland rabbit. The white fucking rabbit. They hadn't even written that song yet. I I did buy this uh, Martin Company ashtray from 1957. It just came. <laughs> Weapons for peace. Wow.